What can we call it? Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm not. Sh- Wait, fuck, it's Caleb. <laughs> Hi, I'm Caleb. I'm Colin. <laughs> and I'm not. Dorky. Thanks for not doing the accent. Thanks for not doing Oh, man. You got, you got to save this one for our blooper reel. What's the deal with podcasting? Is it a radio show? I don't get it. Why are these people talking to microphones? They're not talking to anybody. Oh, yeah, I'm Joe Roden. <laughs> Put butter in my coffee. It's good for you. Fuck you. Seriously, does that? Yeah, that was one of his ads. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, okay. fucking podcast sucks. Okay. Well, I'm not going to bother, so. Yeah. It's All three right. hours of him freaking himself <laughs> off. I like- I'm so deep. Oh, yeah. Just lift and lift and lift. And venison, 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 elk, and cryogenic. Oh, man. It's so good. It's good for you. Oh. All right. All right. All right. I need to, I need to get on. Uh, are we recording? Yeah. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to save that for the, for the fucking oh, outtakes, yes. too. <laughs> Venison, venison, uh, venison. Uh, <laughs> MMA. Uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, I'm woke. Uh, not I, really. I, I hope Joe Rogan does something soccer related just so that we can we can bring your impressions of him in. Uh, That's not an impression at all. Yeah. Dan, great Dan okay. Carlin impression. Speaking of things we've heard, it's Nam. It's Nam Tame. Fuck. We call stalkers. <laughs> you call a stalker, we call love him from afar. Very <laughs> All right, I need to do a vocal exercise before I go into this. <laughs> Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by Team United fans. I'm Colin. I'm Notch. And I'm Caleb. This week, not just holding on to me. Hey, ref, you, you didn't, you didn't give this. What? Hey, hey, rotate, going down. For the credits you heard, just a few of the bloopers we've saved over the years that now we've been doing this. So. Didn't you just complain about the fact that you said credits, and then you said credits again? Did I just do credits again? Yes, you he did. did. Do credits again. Oh. We're keeping this in. I meant to say intro, but see, this is the kind of thing that it normally I would cut the the correct thing. I'd, I'd make yeah. it a separate file. And Fair I'd, enough. I would say, I want to make something abundantly clear. Fuck Joe Rodin. Green Dawn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was going to be my question this week, but I do have something different. Oh, you have a question. I know. I know. It's crazy. hmm. So I had the distinct pleasure of going to all three nights that Billy Bragg played at the Fine Line. And if you're not familiar with his music, it's like the bridge between the punk scene, the college indie rock scene of the 1980s, but also like the way that music diverged into a million different pieces after punk broke got into like folk rock got into like weird new wave he's kind of a living embodiment of that and people like you brag about him uh yeah yeah nice one notch good job good job so i got to see all three nights of it it was a fantastic experience to see a musician that's been doing it for 35 almost 40 years contextualize his music in so many different ways that are 
both relevant for today, but also an understanding of where he's come from as a person. Uh, so my question for you guys is, uh, what is your best way possible to completely find a way to avoid that loons game that happened this weekend, like I did, by going to see Billy Bragg for three nights in a row? Well, I, I didn't avoid it. Like, if I could, how would I? I mean, I guess what I'm saying is I'm bragging about the fact that I didn't have to experience I that I don't understand game. the question, though. I mean, if you go to a watch party and find a bunch of people that you really like talking to more than you like watching the game, well, which is kind of what happened to me, so... <laughs> but, like, the best part of all three nights, it's, like, the Friday night show, I was able to, like, vaguely look at Twitter and kind of see what was going on. Saturday night, I was like, you know what? I can have, like, another night where I'm just completely shut off from the shit show that Loon's Twitter, Loon's Reddit, <laughs> all of that nonsense was. I haven't watched a single second of that game, and it's so fantastic. So let me alter this question for Caleb. Can Would you do three nights of Minnesota United at home back-to-back? Can I stay at your place? <laughs> I don't want to drive all the way back to Eden. Jeez. <laughs> I would not recommend driving all the way back to Egan. No. No. All right. Well, uh, we should get into the previously mentioned Loons game, and we shall do it in a segment that we call Don't Look Back in Anger. In this segment, we discuss Minnesota United FC and, in fact, do look back in anger because we lost 4-3 to Toronto FC, an eminently winnable game, in my opinion. However, um, you won't have any opinions, would you, Colin? Oh, trust me. I'll still have opinions. I'll still guess what happened in each of these things that you'll talk about. Classic internet. This podcast will be classic internet when we're done with it, uh, which begins... With us describing the fact that uh, Darwin Quintero got his first goal from open play through a mistake by a very interestingly named player. Yeah, uh, five foot five, listed five foot five, Darwin Quintero, latches uh, onto a long ball by DeAndre Douche, kind of chips it over Bono in goal with his head and taps in for the goal. I think Bono would not have made that mistake if he wasn't wearing sunglasses. No. On the pitch. It was very strange. Well, I mean, you would wear sunglasses, too, if you're in a city of blinding lights. And Greg Vanny, as I recall, telling Alex Bono after this game that this team can go on with or without you. You've got to make a decision. And Although, actually, no. He said he can't live with or without him. Ah, okay. And Bono, Which is even worse, let's face it. I walked into this watch party thinking that the score was 1-0 because that's the last time I checked the, the score when Darwin just scored. But then when I walk in, Colin Solberg tells me it's 2-1, number one. I go, Whoa, and then he says the word Pozuelo. And then I'm like, ah, okay, all right, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and you know what? As someone that did not watch the game, that totally parses, Alejandro Pozuelo, I, I wish I had seen an additional 90 minutes of game film on him before this podcast, but he's he's very good. He is a very good replacement for Sebastian Giovinco. Yeah, and I actually didn't see the Contero goal at first. I turned it on after we had scored and then immediately saw Pozuelo score two goals. So I didn't take the blame on that one. I know Bots all took blame after the game, but those two 
two first goals are on me, guys. Yeah. And, and I mean, if I was in your position, if I just turned on the game, I would have been like, holy shit, Minnesota United got this really great player. Because, you know, everyone's wearing the parlay jerseys, all mm-hmm. the games. Like, so you can't really tell who's who, you yeah. know? Yeah. I, I can, You watch the every single goal from MLS games this week. Very good game, 47 to 45 between <laughs> the blackish team and the like seafoam aqua team. I think the seafoam aqua team has to be is banished to the seas now. <laughs> They're going to have to live in that garbage pile, a garbage island in the middle of the ocean. I'm pretty sure that's how this works. Go back to whence you came. <laughs> Yeah, this this would actually I would really enjoy if the MLS All Star Game in was like it should be East versus West. No, just make it like Parlay Color One versus Parlay Color Two. Like just do that. <laughs> Very, but then, like all have the games played at once on on the same pitch with the same amount of balls. So like there was what like ten games, something like that. <laughs> same so there's balls. So there's ten balls on the field at once. You say one, ten balls, one for each day. I, I mean, five against balls, five balls. balls. Yeah, like usually it's no, twenty-two. Still, it, no, still it, eleven on eleven. We're doing. Wait, why are you castrating all these people, <laughs> Caleb? I don't know why. I don't understand because we're playing with ten balls, right? So there's gonna be eleven. Like there's ten games. So, guys, what are you talking about? I don't understand. We're talking about testicles, Caleb. We are oh, talking about. Why testicles. would you want to kick testicles around the field? You Our guys are, are just like. Uh, isn't the blooper reel over? <laughs> anyway, um, okay. So Pozuelo on his first goal, Michael Boxel, as you said in um, an article today. Yeah, took responsibility. Uh, Andy Reader, great reporting on, from him on Pioneer Press. Took responsibility for because he was Andy Greeter took responsibility. <laughs> yeah, he's like, guys, this is on me, and like, all dude, right, that dude, works for us. I mean, no. <laughs> like, did you even travel for this game? Like, no, Michael Botsall, um in the locker room afterwards. Apparently, there was a lot of finger pointing, and but there was one hand raised, and that was Michael Botsall. He took responsibility for the goals. I think we we could probably say that three out of four were his fault. He did turn it, the the first Pozuelo goal. He turned his back on him, yeah, which is not something you want to do while your uh, fellow center back is covering Josie Alter. Not something you want to do, but also it was good footwork by Pozuelo to send him one way. He's a yes. really good player. Um, but uh, coach from the article, Coach Adrian Heath said Botsell was the first to raise his hand and assume blame after his failed clearance turned to Jordan Hamilton's game-winning header in the 79th minute. Um, so Botsell said, uh, "If I touch it." It's going in the goal, so I have to get around it to try and get it away. I have no idea that the other guy, Hamilton, is steaming in. That is one of the most embarrassing moments of my career. I mean, also difficult because Hamilton, of course, played by Lynn Manuel Miranda, and doesn't you don't really want to look. Go... Doesn't look very athletic, honestly. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't you can't go in on the guy. Like you're like, oh, you're here, serenade me with your song. Yeah, I went two foot him. No, 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 no. no, no. Now, so, here's here's the thing. I, I know what the score was. I know it was 4-3. I hear that Angelo Rodriguez was halfway decent on the other two goals. Like, he apparently scored one of them. He apparently drew a penalty. Yeah. And Darwin Quintero scored from open play. I get that bad defense happened. But where is the part, because this is a loon's apparently catastrophic loss, where's the part that Calvo fucked up? Because I know that's got to exist. I I know for a fact that Calvo must have fucked up at some point in this game. So, what happened? Hey, Colin, please Colin, tell me. Please be honest, hundred percent. 
Did you watch this thing? No. How'd you know? Because I've yeah. watched every other fucking game in MLS. Okay. So, here's the funny thing. I think with the goals, I'm not going to put Calvo on the spot. What do you, what, what do you think, Calvo? I, um, I, 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 I think... I think Botsell had a shocker. Yeah. I don't know if it was his lack of chemistry, chemistry between him and Coleman, but Coleman had one job that night, and that was to lock down Josie Altador, and he did it. The second goal, you can probably, you might be able to put some blame on uh, Roman because he didn't track back, so that pulled Botsell out, which pulled Coleman over, which allowed Puzzle to some that space. But he got burned twice. He looked silly on that last goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and credit to him for taking blame and bowing it better. I don't think he's the kind of guy who takes this line down. So, And I, I think I'll, I'll add to this that we scored three goals away from home, which is yeah. significant. The previous two times we did that, we won. Right. So, And and I, I think this is... I'm, I'm not going to put this into the debit column for Minnesota United, this game, because it was still throwing away an eminently winnable game but still we scored three goals so we i think i think when you sum it up it has to be that our offense is being really good and our defense though has the same issues persistently popping up yeah which is and and that's in my opinion all down to coaching you can bring in different personnel but if they're making the same mistakes that's a system error not a personnel error and and Speaking of Calvo, who we were, whose topic we were on a few minutes ago, number one, I don't think he, his gameplay covered himself in glory. Particularly, I'm saying apart from that one mistake at the end where he gets a red card for kicking another player in the dying seconds of this game, getting himself suspended for a game against Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, that's not great. No. So but, wait, hold on. Him fucking up was the fact that he got himself suspended when we have to play Zlatan? Yeah. Well, he actually helped that. the team out as a result. Uh, see, this see, is what I was about to say. I don't think Calvo is a bad player. I think he is. He has shown in Minnesota his first year here, for example, he showed us some really great signs of immense talent. And there's a reason he plays for Costa Rica. I just think he needs somebody to show him what he needs to do to be effective in this system. And that. I don't see that happening. I think he needs more. He needs more direction on the field yeah. more direction and honestly more discipline right he's the and this is no knock against him because he's not the one that puts out the team sheet but ever since he's got here he's been on that team sheet no matter what his previous performance was and he's had some great games he's had some pretty bad games and that and the one constant has been oh yeah you'll be in the team sheet next week and if there's not culpability there's no there's no uh Incentive, no, yeah. incentive to there's up your game yeah. on a week to week basis. Yeah, and I mean this is also somebody who, again, in the dying minutes of this game, when our team needed to be calm and collected, they just had Jan Gregor sent off on what you I think called an orange card. Yeah, I, I think Jan is unlucky there. He's already sliding when Pozuelo kind of angles himself in between the ball and and Jan. I've seen it could have been a yellow. Yeah. I think the fact that Jan was just moments previously fired up and yelling at his offense 
the, maybe the ref thought he was out of control and that was deliberate. I don't think it was. And it was on Pozuelo too. If yeah. I think if it's if it's a less famous player, it probably doesn't get as much. If, well, it's, if it's on Michael Bradley, he gets a goal. He's like, no, that's one for you guys. Yep, it's 4-4 four, four now. <laughs> I so, mean, from what I did hear about the Gregus part, because I, I did at least see some Twitter exchanges about it. Mentiroso. It, it did sound like it was a yellow card action with a red card result, where basically the fact that he did apparently end up scissor kicking him, that is going to be a red, even if everything that went into it wasn't as intentional as you would otherwise see. Yeah, so in a situation like that where you've just had one of your newest signings, a really important player in the midfield, gets sent off. He's not going to be available in, against the Galaxy at home. That's the time when the team captain has to buckle in, say, guys, I can see that this result is making us angry. We need to calm down. Instead, he goes and kicks somebody. That's not well, great. So when you talk about consequences now, probably a couple of minutes ago, I would like to see uh, the captain's armband be with somebody else for at least a few games. I would pick Vito Manone. Uh, personally, the man seems to have a great presence both with fans and with the team. Um, um, he plays well. He's the reason we didn't lose by three or four goals. Um, honestly, he had some great saves in the first half. My pick would be Ike. Um, if he's if he's healthy, yeah. If his head has out for this cleared. game, um, he's out in a facial and uh, spa day. I think it was from the yeah. <laughs> no uh, facial so. injury. I mean, if if you're getting, like, exfoliation to take stitches out, that's probably not medically advised. But uh, he's MLS veteran. Yeah. He seems like a, a calm head already in the back line. A very good in midair, very good at marshalling the defense, um, very good at working with Vito. But also, you have the Sounders' former captain on our team, Ozzy Alonso. There's three solid picks for captain... For Wednesday, and whoever gets it Wednesday should probably have a next couple games. Yeah, I think it might be Aussie because we saw that earlier this season. All right, let's now move into a segment that we call The Championship. But the championship is a game. Is it a game? Is it a league? No, it's a segment where we discuss America's top leagues, the NWSL and MLS. NWSL news first. The North Carolina Courage beat Orlando 5-0. Ashlyn Harris, you mad, girl? You mad? I mean, I'm doing this, yes. Probably. Yeah. This game she was should be Jesus. This game was pretty even and goalless until the forty fifth minute. Just think about that for a second. Lynn oh. Williams gets a goal right before halftime and then all hell breaks loose for the Orlando Pride. Uh. Like it, it was it was tough to watch if you're not someone that's secretly a North Carolina Courage fan. I mean, it gives me great pleasure to hear that a team that Sydney LaRue on had zero shots on target at two shots in the box, one, one of, of which them, was blocked. Yeah, and one of them was just skied over. Yeah. Chicago played Portland. That game ended 4-4. The Red Stars managing to get the tie at home. Absolutely bonkers game. Um, very nice chip by Christine Sinclair to open up play. Uh, Red Stars get a couple of goals. Quick Sam Kerr doing Sam Kerr things. Um then Portland get back two goals pretty quickly on either side of half. Uh, Chicago scores one in the 78th minute. Then six minutes later, it seems like Portland have 
finish it up when uh, Christine Sinclair gets a PK. And then the Red Stars draw level in the 90th minute after a scrum in front of the goal um, results in a shot by Nagasato. And they then had a shot off the crossbar during stoppage time. Is a... I'm not familiar with really with NVSL. Is this the result for Chicago, or would they be disappointed yeah. that they get the win um, at home? I think, given the circumstances, it, it was probably one that they will feel a little bit frustrated about. Okay, Portland are a very good team. They're probably the second best team in the league. Chicago's up there. They're the type of team where you should feel like you're going to get a win when you're at home. Okay. Sky Blues took on Houston. Houston coming up with the 1-0 win. Sky Blues off to the same start that they had last season. It, Carly Lloyd missed a penalty in this game, like just shanked it in case you were still on that train where you're like, Carly Lloyd needs to be rescued from Sky Blues. Yeah. Like it, it was it was Get her out of there. Bad. Uh, Sofia Huerta uh, had the only goal. Uh, ricocheted it after um, Rachel Daly just had a marauding take and run. Um, took a while for Houston to finally get that goal, but it was it was long in the making. So the Utah Royals beat the Washington Spirit one nil. So the royalty has beaten the Washington DC Spirit. Uh, is it time to roll back the uh, secession of the colonies or independence, as they call it in the colonies? Well, it's Utah royalty, so that does that mean we're ruled by Mormons now? I don't know. I'm very. It's, I it's, need to see those golden plates they've been talking about so much. Brigham Young, more like Kingham Young. <laughs> Kingston, what? <laughs> so, the only goal in the tenth minute. Christian Press had a ridiculous dribble. Go watch it. Um, pass it through to Labanta, who slotted home, and that was all they needed. Washington really did not put up a fight in this game. You also saw not Seattle Rain FC with a 1-1 draw against Orlando. Um, Alana Kennedy had, they called it a bicycle kick. It was not a bicycle kick. It was a kick the ball over the head rainbow kind of. It was a very impressive shot, yeah, but not, yeah, a, not a bicycle. Yeah. It, it still went yeah. Counts the same. Yeah. Call it a cool goal. Just. Save bicycle for actual bicycle kicks. Did they actually call the team RFC? Or um, was it SEA? Okay, fine. On the highlights, it did say SEA. On the website, however, they did finally start using RFC. Oh, I did it. Rain, like the royalty, but also rain as in like it rains in Seattle. All right, let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Ashlyn Harris should continue to be mad with how many saves she had to make. Uh, Bethany Balser uh, scored the first goal in Tacoma for Rain FC. Let's now move into talking about Major League Soccer. The first thing we need to talk about is that the league had its meeting. On April, I forget the date, but it was out uh, on the West I think it was Coast. on Thursday or something. Yeah. Sure. They, 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 they met, and uh, they had talked about ideas, and it wasn't inverting the pyramid. So It was about expanding that portion of the pyramid. 30 teams. I mean, thank God for USL becoming so gigantic, because otherwise we would have an inverted pyramid, because the MLS is going to get so big. Fall over, yeah. crash down. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Couldn't put the pharaoh anywhere. Yeah. So, 30 teams is where we're going to be. Uh, everybody says Sacramento and St. Louis. 
Put it on your calendar. That's what they said two years ago, and then three years ago as well, and four years ago before that. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the like press releases that they said mentioned that Sacramento and St. Louis were prime contenders. Like they basically expanded it to thirty because they knew that Sacramento and St. Louis were going to be too good of bids. All I'm saying is I'll believe it when I actually see them get that expansion spot. Yeah. Uh, The bigger news out of this is that the league is incorporating plans for the payment and receipt of training and solidarity compensation. This is big. This is actually very legitimately huge. Um, If you don't know what it is, uh, Paul Tenorio and Mickey Turner over at The Athletic have a really, really good explainer of it. Essentially, if a young player signs their first professional contract with a team that they did not develop with, um, that development team can have a claim to uh, certain player rights into their professional career. Um, If it's just a small compensation once they sign their first professional deal, Uh, For some players, it can even be a significant portion of their transfer fee once they uh, move into a different league. MLS has long stood against this, saying that, in part, it would be too expensive to do. Um, Also, there were some various contract and labor issues that are still going to be part of this. Um, But the league is going to be seeking these payments for... Um, academy players that move overseas either before their first contracts or uh, before they turn 18. Um, The league is also expected to uh, continue to negotiate some of these fees uh, coming in for South American players. They've long been having to pay those. A lot of problems still in how it's going to work, but it is definitely a positive step for MLS. Should also be mentioned that Canada's been doing this the whole time, and this might be one of the first steps in rolling back pay-to-play in terms of the solidarity. I mean, I mean, specifically the solidarity payment stuff, right? Because yeah. as clubs get uh, youth clubs get compensated for developing really strong players, they're going to start looking for the best players, not the ones who can pay the most. Right. So the incentives go up for them to develop talent. Um, and as they get these large paychecks, say DeAndre Edlin, for example, with his Tottenham transfer, uh, Crossfire would have got this massive cash incentive. They could have used that to cut down the, the payments for all of their players in, say, their top-tier program. Exactly. Um, the other side of it, too, is that on the MLS Development Academy side, um, DC United and Minnesota United still charge players in their academies per year uh, for their training. MLS has said that they are working on some sort of system that would restrict the amount of payments that would go to teams that do charge fees to their academy players. So this could be a positive step to uh, get teams like Minnesota to stop doing the stupid thing and making their players pay. Let's now begin to talk about games with everybody's favorite expansion team that draws like a bajillion people and they got this beautiful march and this nice lion with little fluffy sword fc cincinnati who welcomed the lowly rail salt lake with their fake lion mascot 
to the Thunderdome, and this game ended. Three nothing to Salt Lake. What? What? Yeah. What? Do I have to do that voiceover again? No, I think we're done. I think we're done. Yeah, it's we fine. use the same video it, that was hyping cool. Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. yeah totally. we'll, we'll just do yeah, it. Yeah. 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 All right. We'll cool. fix yeah. it in post. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Ritchie saved it straight into the path of Albert Rusnak for the opener. Sam Johnson had his second. Uh, essentially, this was RSL making quick transitions into the box and then just taking seven billion shots. And eventually one of them got in because FC Cincinnati, despite having every single defensive midfielder and center back ever, can't clear the ball out of their own fucking box. I re- I like the part where the FC Cincinnati players realized that and started making a wall in front of the goal for that second for the for RSL second where they were just like, nope, we're not going to even try to defend. Let's just cover the goal. Someone come up, get up. Well, I can cover the well, stop part with their body if I hold you up horizontal. <laughs> yeah. Well, they blocked it twice, but then uh, was it Sam Johnson throws it and he. Got his uh, ice dragon and burned down the wall, <laughs> and then stormed. <laughs> Colin, you don't want to do that joke because you don't watch Game of Thrones or Minnesota United games. Exactly. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's talk about Galaxy versus Houston. Galaxy coming up two nil, two two nil, two one winners. Houston did get some respectability. I'm trying to take it away. Yo, who else got some? AJ De La Garza. in the sense that him bear hugging Zlatan Ibrahimovic was downright coital. That's I mean, how close he was maybe, for, maybe he saw for at least seven seconds. Yeah, I think he saw Zlatan lining up a kick and with the one of their capos in the, you know, LA Galaxy capos in the, in the crosshairs. And De La Garza, who had been a Galaxy player, was like, no, I must protect him. And he held on to Zlatan until he fell <laughs> Well, over. what you guys didn't see was after the penalty was called, I was, uh, Agent De La Garza like, had a lion's tail and you know, touched the back to do his shorts. <laughs> so like, nope, I didn't see that. So Zlatan, of course, converts the penalty. And then Albert Elise wins a penalty and just by being it. outside the box. Sure, it eh, doesn't matter. And uh, then everybody's favorite delicious player, Polenta, gets that uh, finger smacking good header to give LA the win. It really showed some grit to get past <laughs> De La Garza on that yeah, one. The celebration too. was a little bit dry for my taste. Uh, you know, Galaxy winning another game kind of corny to me. Okay. Chicago <laughs> plays the Colorado Rapids. So, why do people listen so, to this? <laughs> hey. I feel so bad for you, dear listener. Uh, you know what, listener? Can you do me a favor, too? Just tell tell your friends to listen to this podcast, too. We would love to make someone else suffer base. with you. Exactly. And skip from minute 35, second 21 to now. Yeah. So the fire invited the Rapids over and decided to, sh- to show the Rapids why they're the only team in Major League Soccer at the moment without a win. 4-1 to the fire. A team that has had finishing issues, remember, this year. Yes, indeed. Uh, so we, we asked if Colorado's good. I think the answer to that is a resounding no. Yeah. And we'll never change. We have to retire how, that question. How bad is Colorado? Oh, boy. We can't, wow. I mean, this was supposed to be a quick question with a one-line answer, not like a philosophical question. Like, you know, how long could this go on? I mean... Why is Colorado? <laughs> I mean, this game caused me to ask, is Nikolic kind of back? It also asked me if Alexander Katai is a good goal scorer. That Oof. should be your sign. Oof. I will answer that with Nikolic's back. He turned the same number of goals as Angelo after this game. So, so yes, yeah, he's back. CJ Sapong coming in clutch for the fire. He's actually been maybe the He's best intr- intra-league pickup so far this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gaetan, I think this was the first game where he's truly been fantastic. He played 90 minutes for Ponovic, and um, I, he, I, 
he's capable of more. So the fire could maybe use this as a springboard. Who who knows? Uh, Colorado won't. <laughs> no, Kamara. Uh, Yo, who used it as a springboard? Jack Price, because he left the ground and scissor kicked somebody. Oh, oh. When you uh, say it like that, it sounds like he's in, like in the WWE ring, and he that was his finishing move on. You know, that's kind of what that tackle looked like. Uh, speaking on of the Hungarian Hammer, Nitlich. Net, that's definitely his wrestling nickname. Speaking of scissor kicks, Tim Howard making the cyber equivalent by DMing a Chicago Fire fan who we didn't see what he said to Tim Howard. So there might have been some abuse there. We don't know. Still, Tim Howard sending back a a DM with some abuse from his official account. Jeez, man, just make a burner and like call it like I hate the fire boy 30xxx underscore exclamation or something and then send this guy all the abuse you want or definitely not Tim Howard yeah <laughs> not Tim Howard <laughs> I, I the, Tom user, like how Harvard like I've, I've never <laughs> been Harvard yeah Tom. I've never gotten a DM on Instagram that had the check mark in there but yeah yeah Ooh. Philadelphia Union, speaking of check marks, put three check marks on the score sheet against when they're playing you Montreal. Mean onions. Yeah, they put the, put the L deep in the onion bag. Uh, Somebody I, needs to tell Tommy Smith that it's over. I mean, like, is there a good like repeat, repetitive goal call in MLS? Because I got, mean, there's not. Goals and Jose. Like you know, like th- there's not, but at the same time, there's not references to bags of onions, which are no longer a thing. See, the only there. one that I would that I would say that if if there's a guy who's doing it, it would be in Orlando. If the guy was like, "Oh my, God damn it! <laughs> You fucking got me. You fucking got me. God damn it. <laughs> we even wrote in the notes, don't allow Notch to say that during the Orlando highlights. <laughs> yeah, I did it in the other oh highlights. God, this is how I said get in. Fuck uh. you. Um, <laughs> Corey Burke had a very nice run onto a terrible back pass, then waited for two people to come up to support the run that he could pass to just so he could slot it far post. He is a bad man. Um, Montero gets a penalty as well. And Ali Bedoya, I don't know why that ball got laid off for him. I think that was just like, Hey, here, have a goal. I mean, he deserves it's my it. treat. Hard worker. Yeah. yeah. Hard worker. Yeah. And then, uh, Kai Wagner, man, that was, that was also one of the bad straight red cards of the week. Initially given a yellow, um, definitely not a yellow, definitely straight red. <laughs> he, Somehow Kai Wagner tries to argue that he definitely got the ball, even though he got all shin. Studs on the shin. Studs like, on the shin. And then studs on the shin with a straight laid tackle. Could have brought in the guy's leg. I, the Philadelphia Union announcers also are, oh, but he got the ball. Who cares? Yeah, that was Tommy Smith that also, said that. <laughs> no, he didn't. It bounced off the Montreal guy's other leg. Oh, by the way, a quick bit of news before we move off this game. Andre Blake was subbed off and had a gro- groin injury. Jim Curtin has said that it will probably be sometime, even though he declined to specify when he might return <clears throat> precisely. Blake, that is. Orlando welcomed the Whitecaps over to Florida. Something, something, anime, Japan, nani? Did they do it right? 
pretty much. Yeah. Not <laughs> scoring the, the winner. So in the 80th minute, which is also Orlando's only fourth attempt on goal in the entire game came in the 80th minute. And so. it's Vancouver, who beat LAFC earlier in midweek for the first one of the year. 1-0 at home. Huang Ninbom scores his first MLS goal. This this lead is weird, man. Hey, but speaking of that, uh, LA Vancouver beating LAFC. First of all, good for Vancouver. They've needed a win at home. Yeah. Their fans yeah. are real sad at the moment. Uh, we should also talk about hashtag racist gate gate. Uh, a reporter for the Vancouver Sun after this game saying, uh, and I, I probably shouldn't say the LAFC player's name, so I'm not going to because I don't want it associated with them. That a LAFC player uh, called. Uh, Wang Imbiom, who, remember, is a Korean player, uh, a Japanese something, okay? This was the accusation that was on Twitter. And the reason that this reporter apparently said this is because at the end of his press conference, Imbiom, who had done the entire press conference in Korean, stood up and said, I am Korean in English and walked out of the press conference. Which typically is kind of, kind of strange, okay? Yeah, I mean, I don't... When we're done recording this podcast, I don't stand up and say, I am Indian, and then they'll well, like, leave. technically yeah. you're not anymore, because you're U.S. citizen now, and then you have to... Yeah, I got to renounce my Indian citizenship. Technically, see, the funny thing is, I've technically stopped being an Indian citizen the second I took the oath to be a U.S. citizen, but this Indian government still expects me to pay them $300 and make it official. It's real annoying. Do you have to do that? Yeah. Like, how Legally much? required to. Like, that how much sucks. have we did in... Not the point. Off my conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll never yeah. be able to go back to home. Today. Anyway, yeah. so anyway. Uh, yeah. what was the reason that Wang Imbom said, I am Korean, at the end of his press conference? So, but before we get to that, I should mention that this tweet by this reporter saying, Wang Imbom said, I am Korean, and this LAFC player like called him a Japanese... I forget what the second word there was, but something derogatory. Um, of course, a bunch of people treat that kind of accusation coming from a reporter with the kind of seriousness it deserves and say, wow, that's really disrespectful. We should get an apology. This player has no place in LAFC, blah, blah, blah. You know, social media starts churning. Turns out this dude, this reporter comes back and says, yo, hey, guess what? I talked to Imbium's uh, uh, press spokesman <laughs> yeah. guy. Interpreter guy, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the interpreter. And uh, turns out he was saying, I'm Korean because he was wearing South Korea flag socks. <laughs> Funny story. Also, he completely denies being called a Japanese whatever by any LAFC player. So, <laughs> JK, <laughs> deleting that last tweet, guys. I uh, hope it, nobody noticed that. Hashtag tweet your deletes. And I mean, okay, so I paraphrased there a little bit. This guy was very apologetic and said this is 100% on me. But still, dude, don't tweet something like that unless it's confirmed by, like, two sources. Yeah, but look what, what publication he writes for. Vancouver Sun. The, yeah, the Strum. Oh, well, I don't know if those have any relation uh, to each other. We'll just say blood. that they do. Okay. All right. Well, it's with <clears throat> the same amount of credibility as that dude's tweet. Let's let's end part one of our podcast on hashtag racist gate gate and uh, come back with more positive news from the rest of MLS and more from the rest of the world. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. I hope you uh, brought yourself some Barry White and some, uh, you know, hot towels. And um, 
Um, Colin, do we have an Relaxing HR department? Clothing. Um, uh, I, because I, we're, it's time I, to talk I, about I, Atlanta oh United. God, even producer Nick is gone. He can't save us from Atlanta this. United. Oh, oh no. Oh, no, this. no. Atlanta United. One. FC Dallas. All these candles. Ah, oh, God. No, Notch. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, why didn't you at yes. least give us a windshield before this? <laughs> I will never be tweeted again. You know, I was having kind of a uh, uh, kind of a crap time uh, for just a small bit this weekend, and then producer Nick sent into our Slack channel, Atlanta lost again, <laughs> and it was the joy just sprouted from every part of me, and I was so happy. <laughs> I was just so pleased. Everything was right with the world again. Yeah, Atlanta, yeah. I just love it at home too. All right, can you just uh. stop not rubbing your nipples now? <laughs> Breck Shade just absolutely got torched to allow a cross in for Jesus Ferrer's. I believe that's his first goal in MLS. I, you Maybe. Know, uh, Six I, minute. Nash, it was, Nash doesn't care. In my wildest yeah. dreams last year, I couldn't have been like, Atlanta United next year, you know what? I want them to suck so much that they start Breck Shade. That if, if I had said that, you'll be like, ha, ha, good one, Nash. Ha. Jesus, man. I don't think I could have even come up with that. Yeah. It's yeah. so beautiful. Also, um, Ezekiel Barco hit the word work twice. Couple of balls that hit on there. Uh, related, apparently Brandon Vasquez is now dating the goalposts. <laughs> No, no. Leandro Gonzalo Perez having a horror show of a game here as well. Joseph Martinez continuing to show that he should probably write 2019 colon garbage on his commemorative shoes after his 2018 uh, achievements. And I mean, he he did get a penalty at the very end. Does it really matter though? It not after that. 75 yard through ball that Michael Barrios ran onto and allowed for Brian Acosta to just be like 30 yards wide open. You know what my favorite moment in this game was though? After FC Dallas's second goal when, when dude goes off to celebrate, the camera pans with him and because of the weird angles at, at uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium when they follow this guy celebrating into the corner, in, in the foreground is just this really dejected looking Atlanta fan and it just, oh, beautiful. I would I would pay for a camera that just shows us shots of frustrated, angry, and sad Atlanta fans as they're, like, the, the game is going on with, with, with Atlanta United's playing. Because, like, the, you remember that game, Brazil versus Germany, you know, the World Cup, seven goals, blah, blah, blah. The, the, all those crying Brazilian fans, and I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Like, what, what a crazy thing. I would like that every week for Atlanta United fans. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. We should start a GoFundMe for that, or we should. Yeah, okay. Columbus played Portland and somehow lost at home three-one. The Timbers getting the win. Portland get their first win on the season. Um, Atnella almost got shit by Higuain early in the game. Entirely his fault because of a very bad keeper clearance, and as he was attempting to save it because the ball ended up going wide, he ran into his own net. And I swear it looked like he was going to catch his cleats in, like, the netting and totally fuck up his knee. Which would have been the soccer gods giving karma for how bad of a pass that was. I don't wish injuries on anyone. That's how bad of a pass that was. Uh, Larry's Mabiala, uh, even though there's two Larry's, there's only one person. 
He scored. <laughs> he opened the scoring for Portland on a header. Um, first lead Timbers had since co- the opening weekend against Colorado. Wow. Yeah. This is not a yeah. kind stretch. Not a kind stretch at all. But but they got the consolation. Uh, the one that got away from Minnesota, Jeremy Ibabasi, doubles the lead for the Timbers. And then uh, Antonella is actually chipped. Yeah, this karma came back to bite him. He actually just chipped by Pedro Santos, but Tortetas Moriera steals all points for the, all three points for the Timbers in stop time, much to the joy of the traveling Timbers army. Uh who, by the way, probably outnumbered the home fans sitting in Gillette Stadium for New England's game against the Red Bulls. Uh, the Red Bulls probably, probably definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, I, I saw one of my friends who's a New England fan posting a, a photo from the the concourses because it was raining there, so they were the, probably the fewer fans in the in the stadium. But because it's like Gillette, and you can watch the entire game from the concourse. Mm-hmm. It's a football stadium. Yeah, it's probably where they were. Anyway, yeah. New England did get the win against the Red Bulls. By the way, Eastern Conference bottom three are, and I'm I'm sequentially reading, Red Bulls, Atlanta, New York. Insane. It's it's times like this when New England beats the Red Bulls that you start to wonder whether or not somebody else should be coaching the Red Bulls and whether or not that person should be Thierry Henry, which I think is the only reason that the rumors are coming around, even though they have been thoroughly debunked by everyone that actually has MLS knowledge. Oh, by the way, I think I looked at the table before NYCFC won their game. So now it's NYCFC New England Red Bulls and then Atlanta, which is slightly better. Yeah, I guess. But anyway, getting back to Terry Henry, I think that's the question. Do they get Monaco head coach Terry Henry or do they get Red Bulls legend Thierry Henry? Um, <laughs> I, I got to assume it's going to be Terry Henry. Yeah, me too. Sad, sad, sad. Uh, this game, the, the only good thing was... Pania getting the goal. I'd forgotten about that Who? joke. This is how much the revolution bores me these days. Even the yeah. Pania joke isn't fun. Like, honestly, there is a highlight for the fact that Diego Fagundes got subbed off for Christian Penis. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Christian Penis just rises up and scores the only goal of the game three minutes after getting subbed on. If you saw MLS some social media somewhere and there was someone saying I just won seven bajillion dollars on a bet I made on MLS it was probably on this next game San Jose beating Sporting Kansas City 4-1 now admittedly San Jose at home but that hasn't seemed to make a difference so far this year we've even beaten them at Avaya this year look at yourselves in the mirror San Jose Uh, Sporting Kansas City they're the ones that lost yeah, I know, should be, but, but but I was just like, going off oh. the fact that we've beaten San Jose. But yeah, yeah. Sporting Kansas City looking a hall of mirrors. Yeah. Like, here's here's the crazy thing. You know what has completely turned around San Jose's season, kind of? What? Playing Danny Hoosen. Nah. That's, God that's how fucked up this season is. Danny Hoosen is saving somebody's season. I just... Can we? I wish there was like a playoff, playoff, and we could see San Jose versus Atlanta, and the disappointment on the Atlanta United fans having to like fight San Jose for a playoff spot. That would be ah, uh, be beautiful. Chef's kiss. Um, brace within eleven minutes. Matt Beasler left the game um, following the second goal due to an injury. Um, Gianluca Buzio scored. Or sixteen-year-old. Yeah, earns himself a penalty. Christian Namath. Then proceeds to rise that ball straight to heaven. 
Uh, Shea Salinas scores straight up from kickoff for San Jose. Uh, Mattis Erickson adds another one. Florian Nunworth feeling bad for Kansas City. Teeds another penalty. This time, Gutierrez converts because I think Nemeth was banished <laughs> to Tijuana because he didn't start. No, I, I think Christian Nemeth was like probably put in a tomb somewhere. He had to go find the ball he kicked out of the stadium. <laughs> Uh, Matias Almeida, San Jose head coach, likes to jump on his assistant coaches when San Jose scores. I mean, if you were that short, you would want to be like <laughs> five foot nine for a second. Come is on, he? how short is he? He's like five foot three. Dang! Oh gosh, DC his United- hair is longer than he is. <laughs> Cathedral of Soccer, Audi Field in Washington D.C. have played host to New York City FC, who got a two nil win, third straight game at home that D.C. have failed to score at. Ugh. Mm. Maybe NYCFC just likes not playing in a baseball diamond so much that they're actually playing well on the road. Yeah. It's almost like somebody should build a stadium for them so they can suck less. In New Jersey. <laughs> this just I, I'm telling you, I think it should be stadium sharing. <laughs> they should they should definitely move uh, and be the and change the name to Atlantic City FC. No 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 just, just No, there move. already is an Atlantic City FC. Like, yeah, they're an NPSL team. They're actually kind of cool. You, they should just move to the Red Bull Arena and call themselves the New York, New Jersey Metro Stars. Matriza shot through Briant's legs for the opener. That was some nutmeg. Uh, Leo Jara shoved down Anton Tinnerholm to concede a penalty and then wondered why he can't shove people like it's WrestleMania. Like it, it was so bad, and yet Maxi Morales proceeded to miss that penalty off the bar. Yeah, missed penalties are just tragic. Not when mm. they happen against your team. That's yeah, true. that's true. yeah, that's very um, the best thing in the world. Heber also got his first for NYCFC. With his first in MLS as well. First in MLS. This week that had no ties was capped off by LAFC beating Seattle 4-1. I, I seem to recall somebody on Twitter that uh, Hercules Gomez chose to amplify saying, I got to call out Alejandro Vea. He hasn't really performed in MLS to his full talent, which I um, mean, it, I, yeah, I understand why Alejandro Vea hasn't <laughs> like he was straight up garbage for us, but <laughs> that's right. I can, I forgot that. I forgot that he existed. Right. I didn't never forget. He's trash. He, so, so this guy journalist from, I believe it was a journalist from Mexico called out Carlos Vela and Hercules Gomez retweeted it saying, uh, oh, truth is truth is something, something similar. Uh, turns out Carlos Vela probably saw that and decided to answer with some goals. He has 10 goals and like five assists in eight games. Is he not working hard enough? I, I, I hope he is. Good God, I hope he is. If he's not working hard enough, we the entirely just we big are trouble. all fucked. Atuesta also scores an absolute blinder where Christian Ramirez was wide open twice in the run up. It's like, you should have just passed it to him at some point. But, fair enough. Vea gets two goals in this game. Then Christian Ramirez, just in such a depressing week for Loons fans, we needed something to make us happy. And I think we've all agreed that we are happy when Christian Ramirez is happy. We are. We are. I yeah. I, I saw this on Instagram at first because I wasn't watching this game, and I was just pleased for the guy. 
I, I was pleased for the fact that it was like a ridiculous back heel to Mark Anthony K, which set up the give and go for him to run through the defense and just be one on one against Stephen Fry and smoke him. Yeah. Well, we have precious little time left on this episode of this podcast. So unfortunately, we have no time for lower league soccer this week. Uh, suffice it to say that forward Madison notched their first win in club history with a 2-1 victory over Orlando City B. Um, let's also snooze through the U.S. national team stuff. There's a June 9th game for against Venezuela for pre-Gold Cup tune-up for the men. Which sucks because they're going to be laying sod on turf. Yeah. Let's all move into a segment we call, they call it football. Every football team will be playing football several times and in various combinations. They might have come up with the word, but the English don't call it soccer. And in this segment, we talk about football from the United Kingdom. The big result here, Everton beating Manchester United 4-0. And then all pandemonium breaking loose, because this coming on the heels, of course, of a Champions League loss for Manchester United as well. Uh, doubts about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer before this game. After this game, Solskjaer coming out and throwing his players under the bus. Deservedly so, probably. Yeah, because they have played like shit for the last few games. However, any court that Solskjaer said could have probably been fed to Jose Mourinho several months ago, and he would have said exactly the same thing. So maybe Mourinho wasn't wrong. Maybe they can bounce back for a midweek game against, I don't know, the Charleston rivals and get a result. Like maybe a win. That'd be great. Oh, God, I'm cheering for Manchester United. What the fuck? So so Manchester City playing their game in hand midweek and uh, asked about this game uh, saying it, the derby, is not something we can influence and it does not look like United are in a place to either. Club with the dagger through the heart. Uh, and my first reaction, wow, Manchester United players are going to read that and be like, we got to go out there and prove them wrong. And I was like, wait, that's That's perfect. the fucking point. Yeah, exactly. Liverpool beating Cardiff 2-0. Um, Cardiff defender, what was his face? Um, oh, doesn't matter. He sucks. Cardiff defender just manhandles Mo Salah, drags him first by the body, then by the neck, Finally, Sala goes down because why would you still be standing when you're in a headlock? And then people complain that he's a diver because uh, he fell over because he was in a fucking headlock. The thing is, and we've, we've seen it here in Minnesota as well. Darwin doesn't go down on a, a clear foul, doesn't get the foul called. If, if there's a thing in ref's heads that the player doesn't go down, it's not a foul. And that's not true. That should, I mean, this this should have been called way before Salah went down. The second yeah. that the guy had both his hands around him and was going in for the kiss, it should have been called off. Because, <laughs> I mean, that, that literally looked like those cute wedding photos. Because, like, this was, that was the extent to which he was holding him. Yeah. And we saw that earlier with uh, Agent Taylor Darza wrapping around Zlatan and taking him down. If Zlatan stays up, it's probably not a penalty. And that's... That shouldn't be how it yeah, is. But it absolutely should not. I mean, a player falling over shouldn't guarantee a penalty. Yeah, the only hope is that as VAR comes in, you can have some of these instances where a player is impeded, still tries for the ball, and the fact that they're not able to get to it leads to the review. Anything else from England that we should talk about? Uh, definitely not that stupid fucking Arsenal game where they lost 3-2 to Palace at home. Fair but- enough. Moving on. And let's now talk about 
soccer from the rest of Europe. Let's move into a segment that we call They Don't Call It Soccer in brackets. Some do though. We talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about yet. First up, European Champions League results. Juventus getting smashed by Ajax. 2-1 Ajax advanced 3-2 on aggregate shock. First time that Ronaldo misses the semifinals of the Champions League since 2010. Good, he's a terrible human being. Moving. Yeah, fuck that guy. Barcelona 3-0 win over Manchester United to go through 4-0 on aggregate. Lionel Messi was an absolute beast in this game because, of course, he was. Until Manchester United's uh, poor result later in the week, I was just like, are people mad that United lost to Barcelona? Like, seriously? You're surprised by this? This is what gets Solskjaer in trouble? I Yeah, everything else is what got him in trouble. So, uh, we also saw Manchester City losing to Spurs in probably what is the game of the decade. According to a lot of people, a lot of people said, I've heard so many people say Natch. They said, you know, my uncle who was at MIT, Mr. John Natch, he he was in, he studied goals and this game had many goals. Go on, come in last minute. But, you know, I, they said Natch, what a beautiful game. I watched this game. It was amazing. You're, you're- Oh, and and then they're like, Notch, your hotels are so nice, Notch. We like it. And your podcast, beautiful podcast, the best. Not like this. Why other are you podcast. besmirching this fantastic game with your goddamned Trump impression? Wait, your uncle's last name is your first name? <laughs> <laughs> Raheem Sterling opens the scoring in the fourth minute. Then Human Song gets a brace between the seventh and the tenth somehow. Then Bernardo scores immediately after. So then this Rah- point it's 2-2. Two, two. Then Raheem Sterling gets his second with a beautiful cross across the goal from De Bruyne on 21 minutes. That is five goals in 21 minutes. Holy mother of God. Um, Sergio Aguero, after halftime, beat Hugo Lloris on the near post to go 4-2 up on the night. And at this point, Man City is through. Yes, indeed. Yes, they are. Then Fernando Llorente gets a goal allowed after a VAR review determined that the ball hit his arm tucked into his body. And I'm sorry, I'm trying to keep up storing. Go ahead. I, I'm just going to interject here. That is probably the farthest out that an arm can be in order for it to still be tucked into the body. I think it was the right call, but that was very borderline. So at this point, it's 4-3. Uh, Spurs have an away goal. Um, so they, they would advance yep. 4-4, even though they had that away goal. They had advanced through. But Raheem Sterling... What does he do? Uh, he scores. What? But he doesn't because Sergio what? Aguero was like half a step offside. And this was in stoppage time, like 93rd minute. <laughs> the beautiful thing was, I think it was Sky, I forget which station it was, caught a person walking away from the city of Manchester Stadium. Like it's dark and he's basically walk, briskly walking. He's like, so what do you think of that result? And he says, well, we won it, didn't we? It was pretty great. And he's like, won it. No. no, he had walked out as soon as the Sterling goal went in and been like, oh, I need to get to the train before the traffic. No. And he, yeah. oh, you my. never leave early. That guy is why that goal was offside. Anyway, <laughs> it's all his fault. Yes, like, Dave and, left. Yeah, Fuck Dave, they lose. <laughs> God damn it, Dave. You put Spurs into the semifinals. Oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> Liverpool beat Porto 6-1 on Agar gets. And um, 
Semifinals are gonna be Spurs versus Ajax and Barca versus Liverpool. Bet you're feeling great about that, buddy. I mean, I feel like people have forgotten that Liverpool is even in this competition at this point. We kind of just flown under the radar, and I'm okay with that. I think that's that suits I'm, us. I'm really upset that that's not the final. Yeah, I think that would be a, be a hell of a final, one game. But also at the same time, if we can pull this leg out. I'd, I'd whoever advances from this semifinal is the favorite to win by yeah for sure yes yeah. quick europe europa league semifinal draw news arsenal plays valencia chelsea plays eindracht frankfurt we should also note that juventus has won serie a uh psg has won lead on so that's 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 your league title update Jan Bohr. exactly no one cares so uh our final segment of the show is called confessions where Carl confesses all he knows, and you should forget. Watch this. These are my confessions. Just when I thought I said all I can say, my chick on the side says she got one on the way. So many of you listeners have mentioned to us there hasn't been that much Zlatan content. Speci- or specifically, there hasn't been much Zlatan slash content recently. We haven't been doing as many sketches about Zlatan and Kingston and their illicit romance. I hate to say it, guys. I've tried to get them on the show. They have been censored by Notch himself. And you know why that is? Because he knows full well that Zlatan listens to this show. He does not want his dirty laundry aired in our sketches and he is fully aware where notch is going to be wednesday evening that's right notch is going to be back on the capo stand he's going to be cheering his heart out and zlatan knows where to find him we have been censoring these sketches despite your exhortations and pleas to us damn it because we wanted to make sure that Notch didn't anger Zlatan halfway as much. Unfortunately, you guys, you asking for those sketches has reached his ears. Zlatan knows that you guys want him to be angry. And you know what happens when Zlatan is angry? That's right. Zlatan kicks a free kick just over the bar, and it dips perfectly to hit Notch in the ass. Dude, I was going to do all that was was going to all happen, but now I'm going to go to class instead and I'm not going to be at that capo stand. Thanks for revealing all this. I was trying to hide it. I was trying to be good so that he did. I didn't breaking news. Radar. Breaking news. I'm I'm being told they've actually moved <laughs> the game on Wednesday to TCF Bank Stadium. They have moved it to be on the University of Minnesota campus. And Zlatan knows exactly how to hit a penalty kick over the bar through the horseshoe at TCF to fly all the way over the Washington Avenue bridge to hit Notch squarely in his classroom on the West Bank. I mean, if he does that, you, you can't be mad. That's, that's like 17. That's really impressive. Yeah, that's 17 points. Yeah. Like in the table. Okay, then. It's time for us to say goodbye to you for another week. Can you tell the good people where, where they can find you on Twitter? I'm at Olson 716 um, Also, right for two United fans, if you have one, Complete Darkness should be out 
hopefully soon. Um, also to be on the Minnesota football show this Saturday from 10 to 11 with some other Liverpool fans you might have heard of. Uh, you can find me at The Attachment. You can find my writings at two United Fans and e pluribus lunum.com. You can find me at Lockstock Spock. You can find two United Fans at TWO United Fans. We call it soccer as usually, produced by Nick Rodriguez, whose views on soccer and politics can be found at Nick Rodriguez on Twitter. As I said before in this episode, please tell your friends to listen to this podcast. We love having listeners. More of them, please. You can find it on fine podcast providers everywhere, including now Spotify. And with that, we bid you adieu for another seven days. See you next time.